You're listening to a podcast from Burley Heads Church of Christ, from Burley Heads on the Gold Coast. Well, good morning again. If you don't know me, my name is Steve, uh, one of the pastors here, and it's, um, it's great to be with you today. I just went and ch- had a look at the kids there, just having an absolute ball. I just love it. So, But the place feels empty without them all. Um, but I won't send them out because they're already out there this morning. Hey, uh, we, um, we had a barbecue recently. Well, we do a barbecue nearly every second week, but we had one recently with the um, express desire to raise some funds for the youth camp that was just on last weekend. And I just wanted to say thank you. Um, this church, though fairly small, um, we just really appreciate the heart of generosity, especially towards kingdom like that like youth camps and so they had a great time i think we raised almost fifteen hundred dollars off a barbecue and so that meant that meant that youth kids that maybe couldn't come or couldn't pay for it could come and so thank you again for that but just another beautiful reminder yeah absolutely nikki we can applaud absolutely just appreciate reminded me the ongoing generosity of this church um, your dedication to weekly uh, tithe and give towards the mission. Um, if you've seen our budget, we looked at it last <clears throat> couple of, um, about a month ago through our AGM and anyone that we've ever got to have a look at our books have gone, I can't believe you squeeze so much out of so little um, and God seems to do some breaking of the bread there. Um, but um, I appreciate the, the basket of bread and, and, and fish we're able to give first that Jesus is able to do so much with. And so let me pray for that. Just want to remind you, if you don't give to this church, but you are regular, it's something we'd love you to consider. Uh, we don't tell you what amount. It's purely out of worship, out of response of what he's doing. But let me also encourage you that it is every dollar <coughs> is well used and used to build up the kingdom or expand. And so just, um, yeah, thank you again. But let me pray for that, that it is blessed. Because we don't take a physical offering bag around, uh, but we do have boxes at the back for a physical offering, and then you can give online as well. And so let me pray for that, that it continues to just expand his kingdom and be used for that, to make more disciples. Father, thank you so much for the generosity of this church. I just pray, especially as things in this world tighten up, um, I just pray that we can still understand that you, you haven't tightened God. You, you, you created this world. You are not without. And so we just thank you for your provision. And we just pray that we would consider what we will give out of worship, out of response, out of you've already done everything for us. And from that we give. And so I just pray that you challenge some of us if need be. You encourage others if need be. And that every dollar that comes through this church would continue to just grow the kingdom here in Burley and then across across the other side of the planet, the ends of the earth, you say. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. We um, also have, um, Nikki was reminding me this morning, um, we have a lady that in our community that's moving um, through the op shop, and if you're, she's got a ha- house full of stuff she'd love to bring to the op shop. And so, if you have a ute or trailer and could help us this week, very practical, come have a chat to me or email Anne, 
and um, she's up at Mount Tambourine today with her small table and so email her if you can help out in that way. That would be great. I got, I got that right, Nikki? That's right, awesome. It's Advent. It's uh, this season of waiting and expectation towards Christmas and I love Christmas. I kind of have to love Christmas. I don't get a choice in my house. Um, we were to, to take Meza's survey. Yeah, we had it up there as soon as humanly possible. And so, but I'm disappointed to hear that some of you do it in October because now you've set the bar now and given us permission to do that as well, haven't we? Yes, I already knew as soon as someone's, oh, I'm like, uh-oh. So now we're going to. Now, I love Christmas and um, I love movies and I love the Word of God. And so those three things I get to combined over Advent season and we do Christmas movies. Have some fun together, but also take the Jesus element seriously as well as we, as we have some fun, but we uh, learn some things while we're at it. So Christmas movies are Advent season. And today I want to introduce you to just really this whole message is just to talk about two people. I think I'm the first person in the universe to ever bring these two people into the same sermon. And so this is a first here for church, for Christendom, um, I believe. Um, I'm going to talk about Zechariah uh, in the New Testament, uh, the father of John. We're going to unpack that. And then I want to talk about this guy as well. So, Buddy the Elf. If you've ever been to a church and they've combined those two people in the same sermon... Can you let me know? I'd love to meet that person. <laughs> I think there's a special wavelength that me and that person would be on that's very unique. But Zachariah and Buddy, the elf, just two people I'd love to introduce you to today as we unpack the first week of Advent. And I want to start with Buddy, but first of all, I'm going to show you a fairly long clip, about three and a half minutes. It's just long enough that at the end of it, you'll all go, oh, because you'll wish that we we're actually just continuing to watch the movie. But you can do that in your own time. But I want to show you a little clip about Buddy, and then we'll continue. Awesome. Maybe a tad silly, but still very funny. So um, I reckon he looks a little bit like our Wayne. And so I was very close to trying to buy an elf suit. And um, Wayne said he would if I went and got the elf suit, but they're not here this morning, so he's lucky. So um, I'm convinced it looks a bit like Wayne if you know him. If you don't know who that is, that's, he's always out in the barbecue. And so maybe one week we'll get him to do it in an elf suit. So Buddy the Elf. Um, he has been looking and hoping to meet his biological father. That's the story of Elf. He finds out he's not an elf, and in fact, he was adopted by the elves, and he goes into New York to try to find his father. Uh, but his father initially rejects him. Uh, you saw him got like hit by a taxi there. New York is not kind to him. He's um, beaten down, actually, almost defeated. They almost just knock this innocence, this joy, and this hope out of him. Um, and uh, he, talks, he, he falls in love and starts talking to Jovi, um, who thinks he's weird, um, but he, he's, just, he's just so infectious. As he, he, she thinks she just has a dead-end job in retail over Christmas, and he's like, no, 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 you don't. You get to work with Christmas trees. You get to work with Christmas. He sees joy in everything. He thinks it's amazing what she does. He, he can't believe the way she's even singing. He goes, I can't believe you don't sing. There's just this joy, this hope. He carries, even when she's been beaten down by life. He carries this joy and this hope. And then when we see when Santa's coming, what does he do? 
He gets the place ready. He breaks in at night and he gets the place ready. He prepares. I love that part. For Buddy, his hope, his joy is not just something he knows. It's active. He's like, Santa's coming. We're going to get the place ready. It's active. It's awesome. He's like, yes, I've got to do something about this. I've got to, as I'm, as I'm calling it this morning, I'm going to practice my hope. I'm going to participate in hope this season. And if it's too silly for some of you, that's okay. Or maybe it's just the right amount. I want to talk about this guy, Zachariah. And I want to read a, a this is a true story, unlike Buddy. A factual story found in the Bible about another man that I believe practices hope. So let's read about him as well. The second guy I'd love to introduce you to, found in Luke 1, 5 to 25, we'll be reading this morning. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God observing all the Lord's commands and decrees, blamelessly. But they were childless because of Elizabeth, was, because Elizabeth was unable to conceive, and they were both very old. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty, and he was serving as a priest before God, so he's a priest, he works for and in the church, he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for burning incense came, all assembled worshippers were praying outside. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled, it's an understatement, and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will call him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you. And many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He was never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go before the Lord in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of their parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteousness to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, how can you be sure of this? Or how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years. The angel said to him, I'm Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I've sent to you to speak to you and tell you the good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until that day happens because you do not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak to them. They realized he'd seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them but remained unable to speak. When his time of service was complete, he returned home. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days, he has shown me favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. If you didn't know that baby is John the Baptist, who we're going to bring in this era and obviously bring in and welcome Jesus and kind of hand over to him, John the Baptist. Zachariah lives in a time of the Roman Empire's oppression. 
It's pretty depressing times to be a priest in a temple. There's this oppression over them all and they haven't heard prophetically from God for about four to five hundred years. Talk about feeling like your job's meaningless. You're going into a temple that's meant to be the home of God but no one really prophetically, it's not to say he wasn't moving or working in individuals but really silent between the last book actually, the Old Testament and this moment now. Last time that book is actually Malachi, which is a great book, by the way. We did it a couple of years ago and I'd like to do it again. If you ever, just this is a side note, if you're ever curious about what God, what gets God really annoyed, sometimes we like to make, honestly, sometimes we like to make it up. We like to say, oh, I'm annoyed at this, so God must be. And sometimes we get confused by what God actually dislikes. Um, Have a look at Malachi. It's incredible what God, what breaks his heart the stuff that breaks his heart. You might be surprised. It's all about justice. It's all about, yeah, this not being right and not being just for people. It's actually a beautiful book. So have a look, Malachi, and God's basically had enough and he's silent for about four to 500 years. God leaves humanity to their own devices, their choice. So Malachi might, might, and Malachi is just faithfully serving in a temple that would be very quiet, faithfully praying to God for a baby, and now he's very old. You could imagine he has every right to be beaten down himself. Malachi 4, I've just got here the last words left before anyone hears prophetically from God again. See, I'll send the prophet Elijah to you before the great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. He will turn the hearts of the parents to their children, the hearts of children to their parents, or else I will come and strike the land with total destruction. That's the promise they've been left with. Every reason to be beat down. Every reason to probably quit your job if you're Zachariah. But like Buddy, Zachariah had every reason to be, it, be beaten out of him. But here he is, and this blows me away, not able to have kids, feeling unseen by God, but still praying and still in the temple lighting incense. Still reading the word. We know he reads the word or the Torah because he quotes it back to Gabriel later on. He knows the word. He believes he has hope. He's practicing, like Buddy, practicing hope, even when the odds are against him. Doesn't at any point in this, he seems bitter. He seems a little confused when Gabriel says you're going to have kids. But he's not bitter. He's not angry. He's not finally you turn up. I've had it with this. When the lots are cast and he ends up on the shift, he's I'm not doing it. Haven't heard from this guy for 400, 500 years. Hasn't blessed me with kids. I'm, I'm out. No, no, no. He's there faithful, turning up, practicing hope. Every reason to be hopeless, angry and bitter. But here he is in the temple, lighting incense, keeping the message alive, doing his duty, not out of some guilt, but it seems because he carries the same hope. He practicing, he's practicing hope. This might seem obvious to some of you, might even seem simplistic as you think through this, in, in simplistic in concept, but I believe it's not simple in practice. I mentioned last week that this year I see a bit of an unholy advent. It's normally about four themes for advent, hope, peace, love and joy. 
I've listed the unholy advent I see in our culture that our culture loves to bring up at Christmas. Complaining, comparing, coveting and criticism. The world loves these things. They advertise for these things. If you don't believe me, don't do this right now, but just turn on your phone and go in the comment section of literally anything. Everyone's ready to just tear each other to shreds. The world encourages us to practice this. The world loves a good negative comment. The news, the news is no longer just news, it's commentary, negative commentary on the news. I don't know, I don't know, I don't watch a current affair, but I haven't seen an ad for a current affair in a long time that it wasn't either Woolies or Coles pricing or some dodgy mechanic that they're going to go over to his house and stand outside and video him. I could, there could be more to it than that, but it seems really negative to me. That doesn't seem like news. Social media, they love a good burn or troll or complaint. I'm in a local, two communities, I'm in one for my school and one for my local area. And I can't remember the last time anyone's posted something positive. It's literally parents taking pictures of other school parents' cars and going they parked in the wrong spot. It's kind of like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, it's funny, but it's just gross. That's what we live in. That's how we prepare our hearts in this world for Christmas or for any season. We complain, we compare, we covet, and we criticise. What do you think that forms us? What do you think that does to us if that's our advent that we practice in this world? Well, welcome to 2023. We see an anxious, isolated, angry, and oh-so-hopeless world. I'm in uni. Most of you know this. I I, um, do chaplaincy in the uni weekly a couple of days a week. And this generation, I'm not talking, they're not necessarily depressed. I'm not saying that. But they don't carry any hope. They don't carry any hope. They're not walking around sad or they're not all dressed in black. It's not, they're just, it's just the baseline of how they're existing is there's no hope. Like they're not angry about it, it's just no hope. That's because they're growing up in this. That's because this is the message that is preached at them. They're desperate for hope. They're desperate for anyone to show them hope. I'm not talking about a sales pitch. They're not desperate for someone to come along and try to sell them something. They're desperate to see an example of hope. They're desperate to see people practicing hope. Yes, obviously communicating it as well, but practicing and living in hope. It blows them away. They would be blown away, yes, by Elf, obviously, but they'd also be blown away by Zachariah a man who has reasons to go on Facebook and go, thanks for nothing, God, I'm deconstructing now. But they'd be so impressed with a person their whole life dedicated to what they do and dedicated to the return of Christ. Faithfully serving, hopeful, practicing hope. I know it would blow them away, this generation. The type of hope that Buddy does where he stays up all night to cut out decorations because he knows Santa's coming, practising hope. But a way more important type of hope that literally spends time caring for the temple, praying beside their partner night after night and reminding themselves of the hope that is coming. 
the type of hope that a baby born in super dark times, a baby that had already just been after this baby that's promised John. Hope of a new life. Jesus, the baby that fulfills hundreds if not thousands of prophecies. The baby born amongst us. Hope was born. God participating in bringing us hope. Not just standing back and going, you guys should be a bit more hopeful. He participated, practised hope amongst us. So I'd love to just give us three lessons this morning. That's it, on how we can practice hope and learn from Buddy the Elf and Zachariah, if that's okay. Three ways that this Christmas, this Advent season, this season of waiting, we can look at practicing hope. So my first one is practicing hope, reflecting on what God has done in this season. Reflection, at the end of the year, We start to look back and go, what do we like about the year? What do we not like about the year? We start to think about the year that's been and the year that's coming. Make some time, church, my encouragement to reflect on what God has done this year. Reflect on what God has been doing the last 2,000 years. Know what God has been up to. Reflect. For Buddy, I love how much he knows the story. He knows his story. There's no singing in North Pole. Yes, there is. (laughs) And later on, he goes on with a fight with one of the store Santas because he knows it's not Santa. And he tells his big story about going through the candy cane forest and getting to where he is. He knows who he is. He knows his story. You can't change that. They can't knock him down. He goes, no, it's not. Yes, it is. He just knows. He's not being rude. He's like, no, you're wrong. This is how North Pole works. He carries his story. He knows where he's from. He knows what, in his case, Santa has done and what the North Pole is about. He knows what elves do. He knows who he is. He's unmovable, weirdly. Therefore, he knows Christmas is coming and you can't take that hope away from him. Again, far more deep, Zachariah knows that what God has done. Him lighting the, the incense in the temple. He's remembering. He knows his Torah. He knows what God has done and he knows he'll do it again. He knows God left us up. Go fine, do things yourself for a season there. But he knows he will return. Why else does it say that him and his wife have been praying earnestly for a child? They know it's possible. Why else is he there in the temple? He knows who he is. He knows his Torah. He knows his story. And so he turns up. He practices hope. Romans 15.4 says, For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us. So that through endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. Sometimes we go, you should read your Bible, you should read your Bible, you should read your Bible, or you're you're naughty, or you're a bad Christian. I love just to swing that a little bit. You should read your Bible because it's good for you. (laughs) Because it gives you hope. It shows you what God has done for thousands of years. It reads into your story. And then someone goes, I don't think God can do that. Yes, he can. That's not what it's like. That's not what he's like. That's not who he is. Not in some rude, arrogant way, but you know where you're from. This year, I know, looking around, I know what God has done in some good and some dark places, but God has been there for people in this room. Have you reflected on that? As Christmas seems stressful and family members are not getting on or it seems impossible next year, are you reflecting on what God has done? 
Do you know what? He can conquer that. He can get us through that. He can do that. He always has. He always will. We can practice hope. Amen? Lamentations 3.21 to 23, which is a book about being sad, says this. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope because of the Lord's great love. We are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. uh, Psalms, you are my refuge and my shield. I've put my hope in your word. Psalms 119. And then it goes on. My soul faints with longing for your salvation but I have put my hope in your word. This Advent season, what story are you telling? What are you participating in? What are you practicing? Are you waking up each day with the unholy Advent? Or are you waking up each day reminding of yourself, the things you don't get? Are you looking for those and people around you, that things that you don't like? Did you drive in this morning to this gathering and think, Man, there are so many things I need to do today rather than thinking how can I prepare myself to be with my people, God's people, unity as Mez spoke about. Kind of have permission to complain heaps in 2023. The world gives us permission, but we're called to something deeper. Through Jesus, we're not called to the patterns of this world. We're called to renew our mind on the hope that we carry, practice hope. God has been faithful. God is good and there is hope. So I encourage us, pray, remind ourselves this season. Take some time away from the silliness and remind yourself what God has done. Second one, practicing hope this Advent. Participating in it means reflecting on what God is doing in you today. Unlike Zechariah, though, we don't live in a time of silence. We live in a time of kingdom, not yet, and to come. <laughs> Here, but still coming, but not silence. We have a testimony today. We have an active Holy Spirit. If we want, if we receive it, if we ask for it, if we repent and turn to him, we have an active spirit within us. I love that Zachariah, after meeting him, is glowing, it says. And he doesn't speak until John is born. And his first words are songs of praise. We didn't read that part, but he sings a song. I love that. He sees what God is doing. It's written on his face. Do you know what God is doing in you is my question this morning. Or possibly my favourite line of Elf. Could you say, not about Santa, (laughs) But could you say what Buddy says to Santa? I know him. I love that. I know him. This morning, here's an encouragement and possibly a challenge. Could you right now, thinking through your week, thinking through the time you spent this week, could you say, if I said, oh, there's this guy, Jesus, looks a little bit like me, but a little bit more Middle Eastern, is out there by the coffee machine, he says he's Jesus. And I said to you, if I come up to you, said, I think he wants to speak to you. Would you feel (laughs) fantastic? I know him. Or with a little bit of you go, oh, I haven't spoken to him this week. This is a bit awkward. Maybe this month. Maybe this year. Hope he's not going to be annoyed. He's not. Would you go, I know him. 
We just were speaking this morning. (laughs) Do you know him? Do you know what he's been saying to you today or even this week? Through the craziness of 2023 in December, did you even ask? You may have asked heaps of people what they're doing on their holiday. You may ask people their Christmas plans. But this week, have you asked God what he's up to this Christmas? If you haven't, I don't want to beat you up. This is not what this is about, but I do want you to seriously think about it. If that's too direct this morning, let me confess that I paused my sermon prep here. This is, I'm on and repented. Because I was midway through, or three quarters through a sermon, and I hadn't asked God what he wanted. I don't even know if I'd spoken to him that week. I'd done heaps of Christian things, don't worry. But I don't know if I'd actually asked God to be a part of my week. I don't know if I'd asked him, I definitely hadn't asked him to be a part of this sermon. I just started, I got excited about Elf and Hope and started writing. So I paused and repented. I stopped and said, hey, you know what, I've been so busy doing Christian pastor things, God, but I have no idea what you're up to. And then I prayed for this sermon and I said a little prayer. I said, God, is it a bit too silly? Hope it's not. Give me a piece about some things. Tell me where to pull back a bit. I said, I don't want to make it about, and I wrestled with him. I said, I don't want to make it about Christmas too much. I want to make it about Christ. Can you help me with that balance? And we had this little conversation and then I continued to work on it. I tell you that not as like I'm holier than now, anything like that. I just tell you that I confess I hadn't asked him, have you talked to him this week? He's got things to say. He's got ways to move. He's got things to show you. He's, been, he's always working. Would you say, yeah, I know him. I'll go chat to him now. He spoke this morning. I know him. This Advent season, consider what he's doing in you right now. Final encouragement this morning in practising hope think it'll come up hope in what jesus can do hope in what jesus can do and will do but what jesus can do my last um encouragement i love buddy's attitude with jovi you can sing you're great at decorations that's an amazing tree you're so good at that so pushed down is she, so broken by the complaining and criticism and comparison. She thinks he's having a go at him. She can't believe that anyone would just say something nice. Doesn't that sum up 2023? When we get a toot from a friend in the car. I know your first thought isn't, oh, this is probably just saying hello. <laughs> it's not for me. We go, what do they want? What did I do? What? I didn't do anything. <laughs> oh, it's just, oh, hey. <laughs> We're so ready to defend ourselves because everyone is so critical. He's just complimenting her tree decoration. He believes this kind of blind faith, this blind hope. The Google behind me thinks I said, hey, Google. It's talking to me. Um, I said, Jovi. Um, He believes in his dad through this whole movie. Even though his dad is grumpy, even though his dad is on the naughty list, he believes that there's hope in him, that that there can be more. He has faith in him. Again, deeper than the Christmas story, Zachariah. The thing that got him up 
to the morning to work in the temple that day. The thing that made him down on his knees with his wife praying is he has had hope in what Jesus can do. If he knew what God had done and he knew what God was doing and he knew what God can do, he can change people. Your marriage, your kids, your grandkids, your friends, your neighbours, your school, your uni, your workplace, your local coffee shop. Do you know what God could do in them? Even that frustrating family member that you think you'll never see eye to eye. God is bigger than that. He's dealt with bigger people before. You can have hope for them. He can do something incredible this season. Do you know what God could do in them? Do you know what God could do in them into the future? The God that was born amongst us, healed the sick, brought people back to life, grew up and then died for you, making a way back to the Father. Then he was resurrected, proving all the hopeful things true, backing up all his promises. For many of you, he's changed your life completely, renewed, rescued you. For some of you, he's changing your life today and will continue. This is the God that is right now doing, working, making a place, building his kingdom. And at some time, he will return fully. There is hope. Not just for the next 10 minutes, but for eternity. What do you think that God's going to do next in your life? If that's the God he is, if that's the God and stuff he's done, what do you think he could do this Advent season in your life? Not the season to write people off, not the season to complain about pit seas, but the season to go, hey, you have a really nice singing voice. Hey, you decorated that tree. Really nice. Or even deeper than that, a deep hope for restoration and reconciliation. Romans 8.18 says this, I consider that our present suffering are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. There's hope coming. For your, our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that will far outweigh them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Hope in what can happen, what he can do. While we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Saviour, Jesus Christ, let us unservingly to the hope we profess for he who has promised is faithful. Let us hold to the hope. That's active. Let's participate in hope. And into the inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith is shielded by God's power into the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. And then I love this one in Revelation, especially if it's been a rough day, a rough month, a rough year, a rough lifetime. He will wipe every tear away from their eyes. There will no longer be death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. There is an order at play at the moment, a chaotic order, not of God's. You can see it in the world. Even if you don't believe, you can see the bad order in the world and therefore there must be a good order, an opposing, a creative, a restorative, a redeeming order. And that's coming. It's came, 
It's doing a work in you now and it's going to come fully. We can practice hope. One more clip to show you and then we'll close up this morning. I just want to show you. Yeah, if That's why I love Christmas movies because why does that do something in us? Why does that... We know <laughs> it's not about Christmas magic. We know, we know. But why does that do something in us? And I, I believe it's because eternity is in the hearts of all men. We know deep inside, we know there's a better way to be. And yes, yeah, Santa's just a, a creative way to express that. But we see a, redeem, a redeemed dad singing and having song back in his life. We see people believing in something bigger and more unifying than themselves. I don't care about Santa or the Christmas magic. That's not what the message is about. But that does something deep within us because we long for that. Not for Santa, but for the true hope, Christ. Don't be like the dude that just pays lip service. Don't just turn up. What a waste. This Christmas, this season of waiting, this season of coming and preparation, take some time to step back and go, what has God done for me? Remember what he has done for you. So three questions, actually. Put it in the form of questions. Reflecting on what God has done. Reflecting on what God is doing in you and hope in what Jesus can do. Ask yourself, what has he done? What is he doing in you? And what is he going to do? What is that God going to do? knowing everything about him and what can he do this Advent season into 2024. Take some time. Don't just give lip service. Sing. Sing his praises, both now corporately and in those private times, in those dark times. He is the only thing. It is not Santa. Christ is the only thing worth putting our hope into. Amen. Let me pray and I'm going to ask the band to come up. Father, thank you for fun Christmas movies that we can learn from, but we thank you for your word as well and we thank you for the story of Zachariah who you did the impossible for. Ended up birthing John who would lead and bring Christ in and bring the kingdom in. What a legacy. Father, we just pray whatever's going on for us, whatever we're on our knees for at the moment in this season, I pray that we wouldn't become jaded, we wouldn't become angry, we wouldn't become anxious by the unholy Advent themes, but we would remember who you are, remember what you've done, remember what you're doing now, and remember what you're going to do. And we carry on into this season full of hope, full of peace, full of love, and full of joy. And we'll carry that into 2024. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks so much, team.